0: Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting his word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Bethel World Outreach Church, I wanna say welcome. God is good, I'm so happy that you're here. Um, thank you so much for joining me every Sunday night at 7 p.m. at the courthouse where we walk from the courthouse to the Capitol, and this has been a tremendous time. We believe that we're seeing change in our governing structures and with, with our, our legal systems, um, with, with citizens. There's just change of hearts and change of minds everywhere. I want you to know that prayer actually works. If you want to know what you can do during this time of social unrest, you can do something. Come join me Tonight, 7 p.m., we're gonna be down at the courthouse walking and praying and figuring out what God will have us do as individuals to be the change we wanna see. I wanna thank Pastor Jim for doing an extraordinary job uh, last week of ministering to us and being so vulnerable. It was so touching and enlightening, but all of the preachers over the last several weeks have just done a phenomenal job. If you didn't know, you go to a phenomenal church. We are around phenomenal people. And if you haven't been told today, you are phenomenal. I absolutely love you and adore you and enjoy my job of being called your pastor, your senior pastor. So thank you for giving me that privilege. And I want to pray right now um, for us in the service and you, and we're going to jump right into the word. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that each person in their home will be touched in a supernatural way, in a real way, that you give them ears to hear the thus saith the Lord. And even though they're hearing my voice as a man, I pray that they will hear your word reverberating in their heart. You will break up the fallow ground of their heart, that the word can be planted and it can grow and bring back a hundredfold return. Lord, I pray that the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ will shine bright to everyone. And those that don't actually know you, those who are estranged from you, they will get to know you today, they will come home, that you would arrest their hearts right now, that they can really begin to hear exactly what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to them. So, Lord, I ask you now to think through my mind, speak through my mouth, let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, you're my strength and redeemer, and every glad, happy heart say amen. So, let's get going. So, right now, you are helping me in this sermon, just by watching. Right now, many of you are probably at home. Home is one of the most comfortable environments that we can find. The reason home is comfortable because it's without judgment. No one judges you at home. For instance, you're probably watching me in your pajamas. You're probably having cookies and, and, and coffee and crumpets. Whatever you're doing, you're doing what you want to do the way you want to do it because you're within the comfort of your own home. It's something special and sacred about being home. It's also real troubling when the very thing that is sacred and special is is stolen from you. Maybe during this time, uh, during the COVID-19 crisis, we know that some people have had a rise in domestic violence and and financial struggles, struggles, and we know that that's still going on. We don't want to be insensitive. We want you to know we pray for you and we love you, but your ideal of home is that it's under attack, and instead of coming home and feeling peace, you're trying to figure out the mortgage, or you're trying to figure out life or the next move. So, home can send us through various spikes of feelings and emotions. But one thing we know for sure is that all of us actually just want a home. You want that place where peace and love and comfort and vulnerability reign supreme. You want home. Wow. Can you imagine, though, when, when home, no matter what it is, is not quite right, and you're frustrated with either the people in your home or the circumstances of your home, and you begin like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz to dream of another place? I know. I just said Dorothy of the Wizard of Oz, and I know that Christians don't believe in wizards, but she had a song that imagined a place that she said, somewhere over the rainbow, way up high, there's a land that I heard of once in a lullaby. Somewhere over the rainbow, skies are blue. Way up high above the rainbow, dreams really do come true. She started believing there was something outside of her home and her safety that was better than what she already had and it made her wander off. It made her wander off in her heart and her mind. And we know she went through turbulent times. I want to encourage you that there are some things that can move you out of homeostasis. There are some things that can, can, can dissettle dis, dis you or you, they can take away the peace that you would already have. I know that COVID-19 has robbed us of many of things, The ability to come together and join together in worship, so much so that we may have forgotten the importance of it. Hebrews today, chapter 10, starting at verse 19, is going to give us a little clue as to how you can feel about home, not just your natural home, your spiritual home. Let's just read it together real quick. Here we go. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and the living way that he has opened up to us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from any evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. But encouraging one another in all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let's go back to the 19th verse. And here we go. Let's think about this. I love as we start this. We are family series that it starts out. Therefore, brothers It's something powerful when someone addresses you as brother when in fact they're not your blood. Sometimes we put so much emphasis on our blood relationships that we forget that there are some spiritual relationships that can be as powerful or more powerful than your blood relationships. Jesus gives us this concept when uh, someone's talking to him. The gospel says, your mother and brother is outside looking for you, Jesus. And he says while he's doing all this ministry, who is my mother or my brother? Who, who, Who is that? Then he looks at the crowd. He looks at the assembly. He looks at the people in a home and says, you're my brother, you're my mother, you who do the will of the Father. You know, I thought it was said that, you know, uh, blood was thicker than water, but I don't know about that concept. There is a family you can have in the kingdom of God that's pretty powerful. He says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places By the blood of Jesus, woo! confidence to enter the holy places. What is he talking about? He's talking about the Old Testament setup that God gave Moses to do for the children of Israel when he gave them the tent of meeting and he created a holy place. So, so they're in the tent of meeting, there's three tribes in the front, three tribes in the back, three tribes on the side, three tribes on this side, and in the middle are the Levites and Aaron and and, 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 the, and the priests were, and and then you had the, the tent of meeting, and you can go in, and in the holy place, they had the lampstand, they had the showbread, they had the altar, and then in the, in the there was a curtain, and then there was a, the Ark of the Covenant covered in gold and cherubim on it, and, and inside it was, you know, Aaron's rod that budded and some, some manna and the Ten Commandments. It was holy. It was considered holy, the holy places, the holy place and the holy of holies, because God's presence dwelled there. Now, in those days, people were so afraid of these holy places that they did not take it lightly. They didn't deal tritely like maybe we do when we think about sanctuaries or places of worship there was some awe within what they did there was some fear in what they did in fact see they knew the old testament stories that when god wanted to deliver the children of israel and he took them to the wilderness so they can worship him at the mountain and they saw all that thunder and lightning at the mountain and he said if anybody touched the mountain they would die and and they and they went to worship and they heard god's voice said, we don't want to go it was something in the old testament that god was god and he was strong and he was mighty and he was glorious and he was there to serve you but there was a distance you knew where he lived and you knew where you lived he had a house but his house wasn't your home because sin separated man from god god was holy he said i'm only letting you come into my ultimate presence into my powerful presence once a year And the priest had better come in. Y'all tie a rope around him. Y'all give him some sanctified blood, some sacrifices for himself and sacrifices for the people because if he ain't right, he gonna drop dead in my presence. Woo! Tough job when you think about how easily we sin and how perfectly they had to do things within the old covenant. But then he says something tremendous. We've got confidence to come into that place that people die where one time a guy was, uh, a priest was carrying the, the ark uh, across something and he slipped and he touched the ark and he, his name was Uzzah and he died. 70,000 uh, men opened up the ark and, uh, and, and looked in, they died. This God we serve is Holy. One infraction can cause separation. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And we, when we sin, we were separated from God for eternity. This is a challenge. But God created a system where fallen man can have an interaction with him. And he, he let you see his house, but he didn't let that house become a home. Oh, Jesus, help us. He said, but we've got confidence to enter that house by the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. This is no casual statement. This is no simple conclusion. This is the most profound truth that this planet has ever offered that when you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you have confidence to go into the place that could have cost you your life because of Christ. Ah, because he lives, I can face tomorrow and all my fears are gone. The blood that causes death to pass me by, the blood that gives me rights to eternal life, the blood that gives me passageway into his presence, the blood that gives me the presence that says, in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy, in his right hand pleasures of more. This is powerful. It transfers the house from a house into a home because no longer is it just a place I get to observe God at work for me. This is where I get to walk in and see God at work with me and request of him and interact with him. Uh, I I wish I could remember um, you guys at home, see if you remember JFK's son. And you see this picture of him and the, the, the president of the Oval Office and the son just coming in. He didn't care that this is a joint chief's meeting. He didn't care that it was something that could have global implications. His father didn't prevent him from coming in. Because the relationship that they had was bigger than the meeting in the room. See, it was a house to everybody else. It was a place of work to everybody else. But for that little boy, it was his home. I want so desperately for you to know the power of being home with Jesus. Now, if you don't know Jesus, don't be afraid. You can get that home no matter how frustrated you've been. You can get this home through his blood. I'm going to keep reading. He said, by the new and the living way, he's opened up through the curtain, that is through his flesh. What he's trying to say is you used to couldn't have this in the Old Testament with what I gave to Moses, but what I'm giving to Jesus, you can have it. Why is this important to say his flesh? Because God didn't recognize that there was a distance between him and man and say, y'all deal with it. He opened up a way through his flesh. That means the Bible says, lo, I come in the volume of the book that is written to me. He didn't leave you out. He got it in. He incarnated with man. He dwelled with man. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He knows what we feel and what we need. And, and, and here, here's what I love. Is verse 21 says, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, a priest's job is to be a mediator of sorts. That, that he goes in and petitions on the behalf of the people. But this is no ordinary priest. This is one that doesn't have to offer sacrifice for his own sin because he did not sin. This is the most excellent News that humanity can have that he's our high priest. And by the way, in God's house, which to him is a home, and for you it could be a home. You know what I love about our name? Bethel, house of God. Bethel, you are home. And in this home dwells the presence of God, the glory of God the kind of glory of God. Even where you sit in your home, I'm just sensing the spirit of the Lord changing the atmosphere in your home because where you invite him, where you invite him, he comes and dwells with you. All oh, you don't believe me, just begin to worship him. God says he inhabits the praises of his people. He comes and dwells. Every time you magnify him, he gives you more of his presence. You're not estranged from his house. You know, in that place in Bethel, Jacob had lost his home. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Jacob lost his home, was running from his brother who was going to to kill him, found himself laying on a rock as a pillow. And he looked up and he saw a ladder which top reached to heaven and angels, in uh, ascending and descending and the Lord at the top. And he was afraid and he said, surely the Lord has visited me this place. It's Bethel. It's a place where heaven and earth meet. Bethel is a place where you don't say there's God's spot and there's my spot. This is the spot where we commune together. Oh, I don't have time. I've got to go. So if I was going to give you uh, uh, something to remember that point, say, say home is a holy place because of Jesus. The home didn't cease to be holy because we sinners came in. The home is a holy place because Jesus dwells on the inside of us. Greater is he that's in you. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be the righteousness of God in right standing with God. Let's keep reading. Let's go to the 22nd verse. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. If you recognize that you can come in and God's not going to kill you, if you recognize it's not just a house, but he's inviting you to dwell with him and be with him in the home, then draw near, come on in. What is your hesitation to come on into the house of God? What is your hesitation? He says, "Draw near." He said, "If you come near to me, I'll come near to you." The closer do you get to God, the more the more of, every, of everything you need you get. Nothing, you hear me? Nothing on this planet offers you what Jesus Christ offers you. There's no job you can get. There's no check from the government you can get. The things that you need from God, he's got them available. Draw near to him. Well, I'm I'm afraid. It's okay to be afraid. Just bring your fear to him. It's okay to have anxiety. Bring it to him. And watch what he'll do to give you peace. His name is peace. He'll give you peace that passes all understanding. He'll guard and keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus Draw near to him with full assurance of faith. He said, now, I want you to say this, this full assurance of faith you draw near, it's, 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 it's with the confidence that God is not going to let you down. He said, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. I, I think I just love that particular verse because you know, like I know, that uh, it's difficult it's difficult to maintain the right mindset. But the blood of Jesus has the power to wash out all evil, wash your mind, could brainwash you, fix you up, get you out of bad habits and bad thinking and bad things. And he's what he, he, wants, he, want, what, what he wants you to do, draw near to him. I, I'm, I'm reminded of my grandmother's dog named Jack. Now, we had a dog named Jack and Pepper. Now, Pepper was smart. Pepper always stayed at home. Pepper was the dog that was just obedient. Jack was a wild child. Jack was the dog that if the door accidentally was cracked open, he was going to run out, and you could call Jack all day. He wasn't coming back. Jack was like the dog that ran out and just drank the the sewer water, just… Chase rats, just, just, you know, he became other family's pets for a while. But here's something unique about Jack. He always knew he could come home. Sometimes Jack would be gone for months, and we would see him. He was matted, but we would clean him. Grandmama would clean him. He was always hungry. She would always feed him. He was all, sometimes he came home hurt. He was limping. And you know what? She still, well, we didn't go to the vet, but she would help that limp. It's funny that we can get what we need at home. His heart got sprinkled. You know, I don't know where you're at. But you might forget the power that's in just the sprinkling of the blood. See, the sprinkling on the altar in the Old Testament prevented them from losing their life, but they had to keep doing that over and over again. It was ceremonial. It was just an acknowledgment that they they were in the wrong place, and they were waiting for the full version of redemption to to come. Just a drop of God's blood, just a drop of Jesus' blood can cleanse you from a broken conscience, a broken life, that repetitive path. You can come into God's presence not because with the list, you know, Lord, I did a lot of stuff. I'm so ashamed be ashamed around people, ashamed before God. He wipes away guilt. He wipes away shame. He blots out your transgressions. He removes them as far as the is for the west. And the only one that wants to remind you of how guilty you are is the one who can't get rid of his guilt and his name is Satan. But I'm here to announce to you that the sprinkling gets rid of the evil. And he has sprinkled you today. So I don't know what you've been feeling like and I don't know how the devil's been torturing you but don't let him torture you no more. Whether your sin was last night or a moment ago, I want you to know that the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, his name is Jesus Christ, and he's given you the, ef- the efficacy of his blood, the power of his blood, The sprinkling gets rid of evil in your life. Instead of our bodies washed with pure water. In the, in the liturgical order, if you go to the old temple, they would always bathe, they would always bathe you know, to, to cleanse themselves. And, 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 and this is our version of baptism. Baptism is just an, uh, an outward display of an inward change. Some of you, the Lord told me, need to get baptized. And in fact, I want you to take this as a holy moment for you as you are coming home to Jesus. Hear me. You've been, you needing a word from the Lord. Some of you got baptized and you didn't even know what it was about. Your heart didn't really turn to Jesus. You just were interested in Jesus. He wasn't your home. He was just your house that you could see. But now you're making Jesus your home and you need to get baptized as soon as these church doors open there will be open. You need to come home. And the first thing you need to do is you need to type in uh, right now, I need to get baptized. Don't wait. Don't wait till the end. You need to get baptized. If I was going to give you a little thing to remember this, home is a place where where I get cleansed and I get washed. Ooh, home is a holy place because of Jesus, and home is a place that I'm able to get cleansed and washed. Let me read these last few verses to you and see what the Lord will say to us. And let us consider what all is going on. Let's consider, let's meditate on how to stir up one another to love and good works. You need one another. You have a job with your brother or your sister. Many times we think about home as a place we get, but home is a place where we give as much as we get. You need to stir one another up. You need to encourage one another. You need to love one another. You need to be doing good things and good works. Home is not the place where you get to develop to do the bad things or the wrong things. Home is the place where you get to develop to do the good things. And where is that place in your life? I love school, but school can't do it for you because it is tainted because Jesus is not the head of school. I love our government and our governance schedule, but Jesus is not the head where they are putting him in. We know that he's the ultimate head, but that's not his structure. Church, your spiritual family is the place where love is cultivated. It's the place where you get good works. The Bible says, hereby we perceive the love of God because Christ laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for others. You have something to do in your home. Jesus gives you a home that's holy. Jesus cleanses you and washes you in his home. And Jesus gives you an encouragement so you can encourage others. He says in verse 25, not neglecting. And I want to read a little definition I have on this. He said, not neglecting to meet together. Well, you say, Pastor James, watch your speed limit. COVID got us at home. Yes, the step of wisdom was to be at home during the initial stages of COVID. But God has given us a plan to keep you safe because you need to worship together. And when, I, when you receive the emails, when you receive the information of how we're going to gather back together, the saints, I want you to know it's safe to come home. Now, does that mean you take no precautions? No, that means you use wisdom. That means you, but, but here's what the scripture is trying to get us to do when it says neglecting. Here's what it means, to forsake or to cease or to stop, to discontinue, to abandon, to give up, to neglect, to stay away, to desert, to get out of the habit. Are we out of the habit of church? You bet the statistics say that almost half of the people who used to go to church don't go to church anymore don't believe the hype that that there's not been a negative impact on people's lives because they can't gather together you were made as a communal person you were made to be in fellowship with god and fellowship with man you weren't made to be alone you cannot You cannot abandon. You cannot neglect. You cannot give up. You cannot stay away. You cannot desert. You can't get out of the habit of being where God has ordained for you to be safely with a mass. A mass is somewhere. I don't know where it is. All of these things, the way we can distance, the way we can, it means that you can come home and get built up. But in, in, you say, well, I'm going to get built up. Look at the final promise of this Scripture. Look at the final promise. He says, don't, don't forsake or neglect meeting together as the habit of some is. So, if that's become your habit of attending church once a month, attending church online occasionally, where else are you going to get the Word of God? In, in, the, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and without the Word was not anything made that was made. In Him was light and life, and this light was the light of man. You need the Word for life and light. Where else are you going to get it? How can they hear without the preacher? How can the preacher preach except he be sent? I'm sent to you, and I'm trying to encourage you, time to come home. For some of you, coming home is coming online every week and everything we do. For some of you, it's getting with your small group and getting in there fast and watching your life change. For some of you, it's finally saying, this is my home church. Uh, for some of you, it's becoming born again and saying, I'm in, the, I'm in the kingdom, I'm in the family God." For some of you, home is getting baptized. For some of you, it's getting filled. With... It's an action for every one of you to come home. He says, in that, and finally in verse 25, let's keep looking at 25. He says, but encouraging one another all the day more as you see the day approaching. What's the day? The day when we're going to see Him face to face. The day that we're, we're, where heaven and earth just don't have a, a ladder or they don't just have a connection through Jesus Christ, where they're just one. God judges the living and the dead, where God shows you what you took advantage of and what, what you didn't take advantage of. And I just want to let you know that He wants you to come home. I want you to look at somebody on your left or your right and say, it's time to come home. I want you to kind of say within the inside of yourself to the Lord, Lord, I know it's time for me to come home. I want you to stop forsaking the assembly of yourself together. You need people. I know we think we need the grocery store, so we go to the grocery store because it does meet, meet our, our, our physical needs, but you need more than physical sustenance. He said, your word is more precious than my physical food. You need other human beings, and when you worship together, it improves your health. health. When you pray, the statistics say that the number one thing that people want is they want emotional care. You want prayer. You want free freedom from boredom. You want freedom from anxiety. All of that is in the house This now become your home. I want to pray with you, and I want to believe God with you, that you can come home. For some of you, I see it like the prodigal son realizing that he had abandoned the house that he grew up in and he'd neglected it he'd run away from it but he realized it had much more to offer to him and as he was coming home at his lowest point he wasn't greeted with rejection he was greeted by the father running and hugging his neck and loving him and bringing him in we want to love you I preached this message with some bravado, but i want you to know i deeply care about you I preach it because Jesus gave it to me and I love you and it's time for you to come home. I want to pray for you right now. You know, it may be awkward, but I want you to bow your head and I want you to speak to Jesus. Say, Jesus, help me. Help me to see my next step of coming home. Lord is my next step to just realize you're more than a house. You're my home that you made a way for me through the blood of Jesus. Uh, Is is my home to confess Jesus with confidence as my Lord and Savior? Is my home to come and get baptized into the family of God and, and become a part of the work of God? What is it, Lord? I'll do it. I'll do it. For some of you, it's getting in your small group. For some of you, it's coming next week to church physically. Whatever it is, Lord, help us see you want us to do to come home in Jesus name amen many of you were touched today it's not over you must take a next step physically act on whatever God told you to do tell somebody type in email in come to the church we love you so much and we look forward to seeing you at Bethel World Outreach Church next week love you come home
1: I hope that word uh, encouraged you and and sort of challenged all of us that we do have a next step. There's an action uh, that needs to be taken in order to come home. And so uh, as you pray about what that looks like for you, I hope that God gives clarity and courage uh, to be able to fulfill what God's calling you to do this week. Well, uh, as we conclude, I want to let you know that if you need prayer for anything, there's a QR code that's coming up on the screen right now where uh, you can get linked up with a pastor or a ministry team member that would love to pray with you. You can just go ahead and open your phone, scan that, and it's going to take you right there. And uh, I also want to let you know that every day I'm encouraged by our church through the social media platforms uh, that it uses to, to connect with me and connect with us uh, to help us continue to grow in our faith as we go through life. So be sure to connect with us on social media and our, uh, our handles are also being displayed on the screen right now. Church, we love you. You spending time today with your spiritual family, even virtually, made a difference, not just in your life, but the lives of those around you. We love you. We can't wait to see you tonight at 7 p.m. for the Unite Nashville Prayer Walk. Thank you for joining us as together we're reaching a city to touch the world.